I'm glad we're together today in this space. Uh, my name is Mark Cummins, and I'm the pastor at Church of Hope. And if you're a regular attender, welcome. So glad that week after week we join together in this space. And if by chance this is your first time, I'm really glad that we're beginning our friendship today. Uh, understand that this broadcast literally goes around the world for free. See, we believe that life's at its best when people discover hope in Christ. There are people who give generously so this broadcast can be reached across every continent. If you've in late January, Linda and I were in Washington, D.C. And in a very random way, we met our guest speaker today, Hunter Robichaux. He's a part of Mighty Oaks Foundation Programs International. And what I didn't know is that he was at work in the Ukraine. A hunter is a Marine. A hunter is also a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He went to Calvary Chapel Bible College. He serves with his dad, Chad Robichaud, Mighty Oaks, and they have a tremendous ministry in these United States, coming alongside our veterans, coming alongside first responders. I'm glad we've got Matt Swanky here, who's in our community. He leads the ministry. He comes alongside of veterans and first responders and helps them understand that they are valued and they have purpose and life's not done with them yet. You know, we've, we've had a rash in our community as far as suicides in our first responder. So in April, we're gonna bring Chad to, to Hope, but today we have Hunter. Uh, Hunter's from Houston. Uh, he's married to Alex. Alex, good morning all the way in Houston, Texas. Thank you uh, for sharing your husband with us today. And Charlie, if you're watching on the screen, your daddy is about to come on the screen just a minute. And uh, Charlie is three and uh, one on the way. So Charlie's about to have a sister. So um, we're really, really glad that, that he's here. You're going to hear about how God is using Mighty Oaks International behind enemy lines so that people, and hear my heart on this, I realize that in our country and in the news, there's another division about the Ukraine and whether or not America should be involved or not. This is not a conversation this morning about what the U.S. government should do. This is a conversation about real men and real women, boys and girls discovering hope in Jesus. That's why we're involved in Southeast Asia. That's why we're involved in Africa. That's why we every year translate a Bible into someone's language so that people everywhere from Ocala, Florida to around the world will discover there is hope in Jesus Christ. I love you and I love what God's doing in this community of believers. I'm really glad how we gather together on Sundays, but the real passion is what happens when we step out in our everyday ordinary lives, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
When we do something as ordinary as paint a building, paint a house, have employees, make some cookies, make some brownies, so employees and painters can feel like they're valued. Those little moments that seem so insignificant, you're gonna hear this morning how God takes that and he magnifies it for his glory, for joy. You say, Mark, how, how do you even know something like that? Because I met Hunter in a hallway, did not know him from anybody in the world, and a short conversation with him God answered our prayer about what we should be doing in the Ukraine. And we're bringing him here today because two guys bumped into each other in a hallway at the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to show you a little intro video and then Hunter's going to come and share God's word and the story of what he's been doing in Hunter's life. Father in heaven, I love you. I need you. We need you. We have no plan B. We are not God, and we ask for forgiveness for those times in our lives where we try to play the role. We try to be in control. We trust you that you are sovereign in control of all things. We trust you that you're an ever-present God, that you're here with us in Florida, and you're with those in California and all points in between, to the north, to the south. This morning, use your word in an extraordinary way. Remind Hunter as he teaches us your word, as he shares the stories of how you have been in his life, that he will be further rooted in the calling upon his life. For all of us that are in this gathering, God, that our own hearts and minds will be stirred this morning to trust you and to obey you, to follow after you, to believe that no matter what the odds are, no matter how it's stacked up against us, that your presence in us, your presence with us, and your presence for us wins the day. Turn any fear this morning into confidence. We need you. We love you. And there's a man or woman here in this space watching online who's not yet discovered how much you love them and how much you're for them. May this be the day unlike any other day where they begin following you, Jesus, as Savior. I sure do love you. We pray everything in the name of Jesus. Amen. in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. So this is just a little reminder of where we continually look to seek refuge. And when that fear comes in, that we're here, mission ordained by God.
took flight back in uh, 2016 when uh, Mighty Oaks was asked to go to Peru to help out with uh, the Peruvian military and national police with uh, mental and spiritual resiliency. Since then, Mighty Oaks has been involved in multiple things across the globe, really getting our footprint known in Afghanistan with the withdrawal of the U.S. military and uh, Mighty Oaks being a part of the rescue operations within Afghanistan. And then after uh, Afghanistan, on February 24th of 2022, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine and Mighty Oaks International was on the ground within a week and a half of the invasion of Ukraine, providing humanitarian aid within Poland and going into Ukraine and bringing medical supplies and teaching medical um, practices to the military and helping get people um, out of Ukraine or to the border that were uh, vulnerable. Well, good morning, church. It's so great to see all you guys here. Um, thank you, Pastor Mark, for having me here this morning. Like I said in the first service, he made it seem like we had a short conversation. I don't think it was that short. I think it was two Marines talking for probably around 30 minutes. It was, it was a great conversation, though. Who, who would have ever thought God would have had us meet at the most random time in the most random place? And uh, now I'm here getting to speak to you guys this morning. Alex, I love you. That's my wife. She's online watching right now. Charlie Rose, my daughter. I love you too, baby girl. So a uh, little bit about myself. Um, I was in the United States Marine Corps for eight years. I deployed to uh, Afghanistan in 2019 and uh, made a lot of really good memories there. Uh, did a lot of really cool things and, and didn't think that I would ever do something like that again because my plan was to, to get out of the Marine Corps um, after that deployment because uh, I wanted to start a family. I wanted to be a husband and a father and uh, little did I know that I would be in the same shoes uh, in two years going in to rescue some people. Uh, most recently, Mighty Oaks International has spent the last year, really since March, uh, when the invasion of Kyiv took place. Mighty Oaks International has been on the front lines providing spiritual and mental resiliency and bringing first aid equipment and training the Ukrainian military on how to use that first aid equipment. Now, we could put politics aside because I'm not here to say I'm with President Zelensky, I'm with the government of Ukraine. I'm here because those people need help. And God has called us to provide help to all those men and women over there. What they're going through is, is catastrophic and is gut-wrenching. But each person in this room has a calling to serve their brothers and sisters. Love your brother and sister, right? Yep. Love your neighbor. Just because they live an ocean apart from us doesn't mean they're not our neighbor. Now, like I said, I'm not a fan of governments, so I'm not endorsing the government, but I'm endorsing the Ukrainian people. They're amazing, an amazing culture. So in 2021, obviously the US forces withdrew from Afghanistan. Mighty Oaks International really kind of started running right there. We uh, went into Afghanistan to rescue my dad's interpreter. My dad will actually be here speaking next month, so you guys will get the full story on that. But we ended up leaving Afghanistan with 17,000 people. And uh, 
Thank you. So all the, all the people that we saved from Afghanistan were SIV uh, applicants, their families, and also Americans. So the, the message that I have this morning that I wanna share with you is called the warrior within. And there's a warrior spirit inside of each person in this room. Everybody's got a spirit to fight for something in their life, whether that's your marriage, whether that's your relationship with your children, serving your community better. Everybody here has been given a calling to do something. And we have to put our, put our, hand, put our sword in our hand and put our shield on and go fight. So the spirit of God is who is in us. He is who gives us courage to do what he has called us to do. It's our obligation to say yes and take a step in faith and saying, all right, God, I know you called me to do this. I don't know how I'm necessarily gonna do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. In 2 Corinthians 11:30, it says, if we are able to do these things on our own, we would get the credit, but the things of God are not meant to be done on our own, but to be done by God through us. But when we talk about our weaknesses, God gets the credit. What I'm gonna share up here with you guys is some of my weaknesses, some of the things that I've, that I've struggled with throughout the past few years of doing international ministry. And I think a lot of us can relate to a lot of the same things. A big one is comparing yourself to others. Is my calling as cool as their calling? Is God, is, does this calling look better in God's eyes than the calling that I have? My calling, right? My calling is to do international ministry and, and go do these things in Ukraine. But my number one calling in my life is to be a better husband and a father to my family. And if you're a man in this room and you are saved, then it is your obligation to be a better husband to your wife and a better father, father to your children. And if you're a wife, it's your obligation to be a better wife and a better mother to your children. I know marriage and, and, and parenting is some of the, the hardest work on this planet, but I know with God, there is hope with getting through marriage and getting through relationships. So in Isaiah 6, 8, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and it really speaks a lot to, to the team of individuals that, that's on the Mighty Oaks International team, and then also the 12 of us that, that did the rescue operations within Afghanistan. Isaiah 6, 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. If that, if that fire, if that verse doesn't light a fire in your soul, you might wanna ask God to, to kind of change some things in your heart because that right there is a call to action. God has come and shown himself blatantly to you in this verse and saying, hey, you need to say yes to the calling that I've placed on your life. Whether that calling is to, to help out in your community to be a better husband, better father, fix certain things in your marriage, fix certain things in your parenting, you need to be willing to say, here am I, send me, be vulnerable. You don't have to go to Afghanistan or Ukraine to feel this calling. Everyone, that, everyone on this planet has felt a stirring in their heart to do something, something good, something bigger than yourself. Is there any veterans or active military in this room? Thank you guys so much. 
When you guys raised your right hand and, and swore to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, you were taking on a goal or taking on a task that was something bigger than yourself, right? So that's how it should be in life. With the, the challenges or the, the things that we may have in our life, the goals that we may want to get to, we need to be willing to take a step in faith and move forward those. A big thing is, is I might feel unqualified. When I was in, uh, when I was part of the team that was rescuing all these people from Afghanistan, I felt like I was so unqualified. If anybody here knows who Tim Kennedy is, he's a beast of a man. Um, he's literally built like a gorilla. He's insane. And then you have me, five foot four, 145 pounds, and it's, I'm not even gonna go there. This guy can rip me in half. But I felt so unqualified because these guys have multiple years of experience in special operations, um, other government agencies that nobody like even knows about. And then you have me, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. I didn't do anything as cool as them. And I, and I started to compare myself, it started to rob me of the joy that I had and the things that I did. And I had a big fear of man. I had a big fear of what others were gonna think about me if I messed something up. This goes into Ukraine as well. So what if I do something, I'm gonna get into a story, but what if I did something wrong in the story that I'm gonna tell you and it got someone killed? What if I didn't make a decision that was right that couldn't get us um, to a certain point to get safe? Ever feel that way? Like all the stresses on your life are pointing you to a, uh, to a direction where you feel just so insecure you can't, you can't say yes to what God is calling you to? What are you doing to, to put that in God's hands though? Are you just holding this in your heart? Are you holding it in your soul and waiting for it to go away? Or are you taking action? So what we're currently doing in Ukraine is incredible. I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing to see how God is using us to bring the gospel across an ocean into a war-torn country, get to the Eastern Front where we're actively being bombed and be able to give God's word. There's nothing like it. I can't explain how things have come together from logistical to operational levels. I was stuck at a border crossing on the Polish, Polish and Ukrainian border a few weeks ago. And uh, Pastor Mark, you actually texted me when I was at this border. And he was like, I'm praying for you or something like that. And uh, I was like, that's the craziest thing. Like I'm like being held, like being arrested right now. And the, like, like this is the craziest thing, but God always has his hand in everything that we're doing. And uh, God's protection and God's calling is, is absolutely incredible to see. So I don't wanna tell you about my achievements or my team's achievements or all, about all the amazing things we've done. We have done some amazing things. I don't wanna let my pride get in the way of trying to take credit for what God has done through us. But I wanna tell you about some of my weaknesses. I wanna tell you about some of the things that I might struggle with. Some of the things that we all might relate to in here. We're all human beings. We all bleed red. But God will call you at the most unexpected times to do the most unexpected things. Has anybody in this room ever been, like they felt this tug on their heart by God to, to do something and you're like, I had no idea I'd be part of this. Like I never had any idea that I would be going back to rescue all these Afghans and then I had absolutely no idea that I'd be going into Ukraine to do the work that we're doing with the Mighty Oaks. 
My dad and I were speaking a few years ago, and he's like, this Mighty Oaks is going to be a great job for you. You're going to be able to be home a lot, spend time with your family, you know, just enjoy like the, the simple things of life, you know, like travel once a month to go speak or teach at a program. Afghanistan happened. I was gone for like a month and a half. Ukraine happened. I was gone almost all last year. I've been out in Ukraine 35 days this year. So God brings you to, to places that you really don't understand, but it's his will and his will will be done. So I wanna tell you a story um, that I think a lot of people might be interested in here. And, and it's about kind of the current status of Ukraine. What I've personally seen in Ukraine, what I've been through in Ukraine, and it's kind of a little war story for you guys. So this, this uh, certain mission, it was myself, um, a former Mars operator, his name is David. Absolutely incredible dude. This guy knows his Bible. And uh, he was the old man of the team. He was 34. <laughs> so he was, he was on our team and just, just a great dude. My buddy, uh, Doc Mack. Doc was a, a trauma surgeon from Ireland. His accent was driving me crazy. By the end of our trip, I was ready to throw him out the car. Thank God he wasn't drinking because it would have gotten way worse. But uh, Doc Mack is an awesome, awesome dude. And then one of my best friends, uh, Steve. Steve and I were in the Marine Corps together. We deployed to Afghanistan together, and we were on the same team in Afghanistan. So we did our whole entire Marine Corps, to get, Marine Corps career together, went to Afghanistan, and then went through all these experiences together in Afghanistan. And great example of the story in the Bible of Jonathan and David. Our souls were literally knit together. We were, were brothers for life. And... Uh, so I, I, can, I can definitely relate to a lot of men in this room that have, that have that connection with another man. Like, you want to do everything with this guy, and that was, that's Steve. So I feel super comfortable, confident with my team, and uh, we get into Ukraine. It took us 54 hours to fly from Houston into Poland and then drive from Poland into Ukraine into Kiev. It was a pretty long day of travel, or two days. So we... Uh, we get into Kiev, we come up with a plan, and uh, one, of our or one of our goals was to get to the far eastern front, and that's where the Russians were. And we had a town on our map, and we were looking at it, and we were looking at Bakhmut. And if anybody's familiar with the current status of the war in Ukraine, Bakhmut is the most heavily contested city right now in Ukraine. The longest the city of Bakhmut has went without artillery or rockets hitting the city since March 8th of last year is 40 seconds. That's 4-0. So it's, it's absolutely insane to, to see and to, uh, to witness. So we're, we're driving from Kiev. We stay the night in Dnipro, which is uh, on a river that separates the country of Ukraine. And the, the goal of the Russians is to get all their forces to that river, but the Ukrainians are holding them off. We get to uh, Bakhmut and we're visiting a tank unit. And I remember on, on the way there, it's, it's super eerie feeling. You could sense the evil while you're driving into that portion of the country. I don't know if I've gotten kind of used to the sense of evil like getting into Ukraine, but the further east you get, it feels like you're getting closer to the hornet's nest and it's about to pop. That's what it feels like going into Bakhmut. The, the hills out there were extremely green. It rained a lot, the wind was like chilly and it could like chill your bones like the typical Eastern European wind. It was very, very eerie feeling. You felt like something bad was about to happen 
We make it to the tank unit, we pull in, and there's a Russian tank in front of us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to die. And then I see some Ukrainian dudes pop out the top and they start waving at us. I'm like, these dudes, man. Yeah, so they, they took the Russian tank from the day before from a tank battle they had and, and they brought it to their camp. And so of course I had to hop in it. So I get my GoPro and I hop in this tank and I start checking it out. And uh, we were able to, to administer first, aids, first aid kits to that tank unit and, uh, and, and share them with them some of the gospel. We got to pray with them. And uh, then we went forward and went further into Bakhmut. Imagine something like off the Avengers, right? The Avengers, you see blown up buildings. My wife hates it. She's like, why are they, like, it's so much destruction. Like, they're just blowing everything up. I'm like, it's cool though. Uh, but seeing it in real life and seeing Bakhmut, a city that has skyscrapers, and uh, massive buildings. These massive buildings were apartment buildings that people lived in, completely blown in half and on fire. This city had around 80,000 people in it before the war. There's currently, to date, that we know of 4,000 people remaining left in the city that didn't want to leave. And uh, it's, it's heartbreaking to see people's homes destroyed like that, especially on fire, and it's, it's hard to watch. So we get to uh, this bridge that we were supposed to cross and uh, I knew right there we were on an X. Why? Because that, blur that bridge was blown up. Uh, this is a, a great way to put someone on an X. Any guys in the military or first responder community here know that if you get stuck on an X, you're on an ambush site. We weren't to the side of the X. We weren't below the X. We were right on the dot. And uh, in the distance, I can hear artillery coming in on our position. It started about 1,000 meters away to 500 meters away to 200, and I, could, I knew what was happening. My original job in the Marine Corps, I was a forward observer, and something we would do with artillery when I was calling in artillery was bracket or creeping fire. And bracketing is basically making sure you get on your target. When you hit that target, then you drop everything you have on those exact coordinates. And that's what they were doing to us. So I knew uh, from experience that we needed to get off that X that it was a very bad situation. What we were stuck on right now was something that I, I did not want to be there. So I told my Ukrainians, I said, hey, get in the car, we're leaving right now. We all get in our vehicles. I'm in the driver's seat, Steve's in the passenger seat. Steve was supposed to be driving, but I was like, I'm driving on this one, dude. And uh, so Steve and I look at each other, and I'm like, we need to pray. So I look at Kyle and Doc, and I'm like, hey guys, let's say a prayer real quick. Let's talk about Psalm, like, let's pray Psalm 91 over our team. And uh, we prayed. We asked for God to give us a clear route out. We asked for his protection. We asked for his courage and his wisdom. We took off like a banshee out of that city. I mean, I've never driven so fast through a city in my life. And uh, as we're making it out, there's skyscrapers that are like collapsed on both sides of us. Make it out to this opening. And right as we make it out to this opening, the bombs start hitting the road. And I was like, man, how are they still on us? Like, I know they got ISR, which is drones up in the air, but it's cloudy. Like, how are they still on us? So we're like hauling butt. Well, every single round rocket, mortar, artillery piece that would hit the ground, and they were hitting within 10 feet of our vehicle, every single piece of shrapnel in the blast would go in the complete opposite direction. And that is that if I... If I could tell you one example of God's hand of protection and a sign from God that 
hey, you don't have it all figured out, put your trust in me, that's the exact sign that I needed. So we ended up making it out safe, and I'm here today, thank, thank God. But I remember texting my wife right when this happened, like telling her how much I loved her. I didn't obviously tell her like I almost just died because I don't want her freaking out. But she, she, I remember she asked me, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just telling you how much I love you. But in reality, I was freaking out. I was like, God, why me? Why, why am I back in this situation? I left Afghanistan. I left the Marine Corps, so I didn't have to go back into stuff like this. Not because I didn't want to. I mean, I, I like doing stuff like that. I like a little bit of an adrenaline rush. But I, I knew that my family depended on me. I knew that they needed me. Why, why did he have me in this situation? There's probably other guys that would be better for this job than I am. And I don't say I'm the best one for this job, but I know that God has called me to this job for a reason. And God has called you, and whatever the calling is in your life, he's called you to that calling for a reason. He's not comparing your calling to my calling. He's not saying, Hunter went to Ukraine, look at what he did, and look at what Mark does. What Hunter does is better than Mark, what Mark does is better than Hunter. No, God looks at as your obedience to him and how faithful you are to him. We all have times like this in our life. We believe God is leading us to do something absolutely incredible. Some of us might need a, a call, uh, some of us might have a calling to be better in our marriage, a better parent. But lack of obedience to God's calling or in general, not taking action is basically based on fear. A lot of us might struggle with fear in our life. I mean, I've struggled with fear in my life as well. But if fear is stopping you back from what God is calling you to do, you need to change that. You can't trust yourselves because you're not gonna fix the things that you need to fix in your life. It's Christ through you who is gonna fix those situations. So the Bible says in Luke 12, seven, that he knows the numbers of hair on our head. God knows us. He knows what we can and can't handle. This is why we must do three things. Number one, have faith in God. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In Ukraine, if we would have walked by our sight and relied upon us and us alone to get out of that situation in Bakhmut, we'd be dead. What is the first thing we did when we were taking artillery? We prayed, we put it in God's hands. That's exactly what you need to do in your life. Number two, be obedient when he calls. First Thessalonians 5.24, he who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. God isn't gonna call you to do something and then back out of his word. God is gonna call you to do something and he is gonna equip you to do that calling. Number three, do not compare. Galatians 6.4 says, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Who in this room struggles with comparison? I think that is, if, if you take one thing away from this message this morning, is comparison. Stop comparing your calling to someone else's calling. Your calling is just as loved as the person to the left and right of you. God loves you just as much as he loves the person to the left and right of you. He's not grading your calling. And then Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. This is huge right here, because when I started comparing 
my, my, myself to the others on my team, I started making myself feel like I was less. I didn't matter as much. I didn't have a big role in the team. And, and sometimes I still, I still deal with that, honestly. But I know that God has called me to this. It's not me that made the decision, or me that was like, I'm gonna do this, this job one day of doing international ministry, because I never thought I would. It was God calling me to it and me having to take the step of faith to say yes. God doesn't necessarily care about our worldly accolades, all right? He's not, he's not saying this person has more money, this person's in a better um, house, this person's in a better car. He wants your obedience. He wants your faith. I'd be so much more scared to do the children's ministry in this church than what we're doing in Ukraine. I would get overran. I'd have to call my wife for, for backup. I'd probably be pulling out my beard hair. But uh, yeah, I, that's like me being honest with you guys. Like I, I would be having to take a huge step of faith to work in the children's ministry because I feel like I'd be overran. But in, in Ukraine, I feel like that's what I'm comfortable with. God has me there for a reason. Like, that's just what I'm normal or used to. It's normal to me. But them kids, they'll get you. <laughs> but it, it, everyone's calling. You have a decision. But at, some point they simp- but at some point, you have to make a decision to say yes. One of those people was a man named Gideon in the Bible. So after the Israelites entered the promised land, the Midianites heavily opposed them and killed them. They would pillage their homes, destroy their crops, and kill their livestock. So the people began hiding, living in caves, and some even turned away from God. So Gideon was this man that was an ordinary guy, right? God called this guy to do something extraordinary. This is every example of every day in our lives. Are we saying yes to God's calling? And Gideon did. I'm sorry, my notes just skipped. There we go. All right, so Judges 6, 12 through 16 says, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with you, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestor told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midians. And am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Could you imagine getting this calling from God? And like, hey, you're going to go strike down this entire army. So Gideon literally argued with God. Who, me? I'm not your guy. I'm not strong enough. I think a lot of people tell God that when we feel a calling in our life. But God chose Gideon. Gideon chose yes to say to God. So he got... Together, a bunch of his friends, similar to what we did in Afghanistan, he got 32,000 of his friends to face an army of 135,000. That seemed pretty good, right? Four to one, all right, like we got a fighting chance. Well, God told Gideon that he gathered too many. I'd be like, oh man, here we go. How is this gonna work out? So uh, he got rid of 22,000 of them because they were scared. 
He got rid of the ones that were scared. So now the odds were 14 to one. So Gideon's like, you asked me to do this impossible mission and now these odds are even slimmer. Like, how is this gonna happen? God sent Gideon down to the river to select the final men because God's told him that he still had too many. I couldn't imagine Gideon right now. He's probably like, how is this even gonna work? So God told him to separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel to drink. 300 of them drank from their cupped hands like lapping dogs. The other 9,700 got down on their knees and put their faces down to drink. Right here is an example of alert versus unalert. God had Gideon send the unalert guys home. Guess how many guys were left in his army? 300. So I would be like, all right, I know what the guys I have are really good, but how are 300 guys gonna beat 135,000 guys? How's this gonna work? Well, Gideon and his servants snuck into a Midianite camp that night, and they heard a man speaking of a dream that he had from God of Gideon having victory over them. Hearing this dream, Gideon knew that this was the sign he needed. He knelt down and worshiped God. Gideon went back to his men and said, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into our hands. How many of you need to get up? How many of you need to walk towards the calling that God has called you to? The Bible says, under the cover of night, the men approached the camp and Gideon sounded the attack. And 300 warriors surrounded and overtook the Midianites. The Midianites panicked and began to kill everyone they saw, which in the dark was their own army. They were confused. There was no light. They started killing everyone. Gideon himself killed two kings. Gideon's key to victory wasn't enough men because it honestly wasn't. His men didn't kill all those guys. They were actually killing each other. It was through it was through God. It wasn't through some great strategy. It was his obedience to what Christ had called him to do. And the Bible shows us that true victory comes from God's hands and not ours. What we've done in Ukraine, what we've done in Afghanistan, hasn't been done through our hands. We're a tool, obviously, but God is working through us. So Gideon and I have both faced our own self-doubt. How many in this room have faced self-doubt in their life? Almost every single per or every single person, not almost. But Gideon had one thing in his control, just like you and I have one, one thing in our control, and it's a choice. We could choose to, to trust God, have faith in God, and know that God is gonna use us for his glory. We won't always know how it'll turn out. I, I mean, I could be killed in Ukraine someday. You guys could be killed in a car wreck. I could die in a hospital bed when I'm 95 years old. But live each day like it is your last. And I'm not saying this is some YOLO speech, like YOLO, man, let's go jump off some cliffs and do some fun stuff. But honor Christ. Be that, be that salt. Be that light in this world. I saw a sticker on your phone, I think, when I was sitting down there. Like, you guys need to be an example in this world and follow God's calling, whether that's in your community, your church, your family. What if we lived our, our, our lives in a convicted way? What if we lived our lives in a way that was glorifying to God? What if our country and our world lived that way? What if everyone in this in this world follow what God called them to do? What would, our country, what would everything look like? 
Would there be a war in Ukraine right now? Would there be a, a big political division within our country? If we were to put God first in everything we do in our lives, is it gonna hurt us? No, it's actually gonna make things, everything better. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 13 through 14, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it, in my, it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I don't have it all figured out, just like many of, of us in this room. I don't have it figured out, but I know this. I will not let my past hold me back from the work God has for me to do. And I speak directly to the men that are behind bars right now. And that's why I'm looking at the camera. God has a plan and a purpose for you. Just because you're behind bars right now does not mean that God is not gonna use you when you get out or currently right now. God has you in this certain position for, and, and his perfect will for where you're at right now. And I challenge you to start ministering to the men or the women that are around you and share with them the love of Christ. And I share that with everybody else in this room right now. I want you guys to go into your community. I want you guys to share what God has done, uh, has done and is doing in your life and follow God's calling. What is holding you back from God's calling? What's stopping you from what God has called you to do? Let it go and say yes. Yes to the things that God has in store for you so that he will do things through you that only he can do. I challenge everyone to say yes to what God is calling you to do. Can I pray for you? Lord, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. I just pray that you make um, a clear path and a clear picture for the men and women in this room of what the calling is that you have placed in their heart. I just pray that you give everyone in this room the spirit to fight, to not give up, to continue pursuing you, being a bondservant to what you have called them to do. I pray for protection upon this church. Pray for protection upon Pastor Mark and his family and everybody here. I thank you for this church. I pray that you continue to use them not only in this community, God, but around the world. I thank you for everyone that is in this room. I pray that you bless them, God. It is in your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, you've been sitting for a while, why don't you just stand? Yeah, you can put your hands together, absolutely. It, it's a very pointed message, and as I told Hunter in the first gathering, that it's exactly what we needed to hear. I think sometimes, not every time, and I think with good intentions, um, but sometimes we miss the mark that we, we've tried to make the gospel this perfectly polished experience that everything works out just right. And as we begin to walk towards Easter, there's nothing polished about Easter. It's messy and it's complicated and it's filled with injustice. But our Savior when he was being pressed in, he said, whatsoever your will. He could have escaped, but his calling was to go to the cross. He's sweating drops of blood. Nevertheless, your will be done. I'm glad I haven't been called to be whipped and crucified. 
But we all have our little places that we're called to serve, to step in and to be who God created you to be. One of the reasons it's a struggle taking one of those invite cards is your heart beats a little bit, you start to sweat a little bit in handing out an invite card and saying, hey, listen, be my guest on Easter Sunday. It's a collision course of reality. But risk it. Trust that God will give you the courage. Being a high school coach and working with athletes, it's, it's challenging, but you're risking it, coach. Whatever it is, you, you keep risking wherever God has you. God created you to be you. We need you to be you. Todd, if we didn't have you stepping into the veterans ministries here, Morris, if we didn't have you as a chaplain in our veteran space, that's not something that you're doing or you're doing or you're doing, but that's what God's called you two to do, to step into that space. And to every mom in the house, it might not seem like you're doing something significant on a Monday morning, changing diapers, but you are raising up a world changer. No pun intended with changing diapers. <laughs> be who God's created you to be. Hunter didn't say it, and I don't want it to sound like some cheesy um, uh, marketing ploy, but, and I'm not promoting this particular TV channel, but tonight on Fox, the story of the team when they went in. Yeah, so tonight uh, at nine o'clock on Fox News, there will be a, an a interview with uh, Fox News correspondent Benjamin Hall, and that is who we were a part of rescuing last year uh, when he got blown up in Kiev. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a sad story. There was two lives lost, or some Ukrainians and uh, two other Fox News um, workers, Sasha and Pierre, um, they died. But uh, Benjamin Hall has an incredible story. And uh, I definitely recommend everybody go online and watch it. If, if I have a second, I definitely want to talk about this real quick, like 10 seconds. Um, but there's a man, I won't use his real name, but if there's any prayer warriors in here, his nickname is Sea Spray. One of the most incredible human beings I've ever met on the face of this planet. And uh, he was the, the brains of this operation and the, and the main guy on this operation. He's done multiple high scenario rescue operations within our own government and, and NGO level. And uh, this guy, he hasn't taken a break since Afghanistan. Um, he's, he's currently going through a divorce. Um, he, had, he barely eats, he's lost 60 pounds since the invasion, or since Afghanistan. So, I mean, he's like frail, but somehow he still keeps on going. But be praying for him, be praying for Benjamin. Definitely hop on tonight, but I want you guys to know that there was a man, his name was Sea Spray, and uh, he's the brains behind the, the rescue operation. Such a great man. So we, we will, we'll, we'll close this gathering and pray for Sea Spray. Um, God's at work. I want you to leave today being encouraged on the macro level, God is at work. You'll hear more of that story in the month of April. If you haven't picked up the copy of the book, we'll have books here that day, Saving Aziz. The miraculous story of 12 men going into Afghanistan, getting 
permission by the chairman of the chief joint, uh, how do you yeah. say, General Milley's? General Milley, joint yeah, chief The boss yeah. allowing private citizens to land jumbo planes that are provided by the royal family in the United Airmits. Yep. I mean, you can't, you can't make up this story. Um, you will see it on the big screen soon, but you can't make it up. God's at the work at the macro so that you and I will be encouraged at the micro where you live, where we live. We have the opportunity to be his hands and his feet for people to discover there is hope. And the hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Let's, let's, let's pray. Before we go, let's just, if, if you are a person who prays, w- would you um, just pray with me uh, for sea spray that he comes to meet Jesus? He's, he's, a, he's a believer. He's, he's a believer because yeah. we need to pray for encouragement. Yeah, pray okay. for yeah. So, Father in heaven, we love you. We gathered in this space about four or five hours ago and asked for your presence to be upon this day and you have showed up. Be with each one as we step off this campus. Encourage us. It's easy for us to compare ourselves to others. It's easy to get discouraged and have doubt. We've learned often how to dress it up and make it look pretty, but deep down we need a transformation of our hearts. May each of us say yes, and however that is, show us through your word, show us through your Holy Spirit in our small groups that we have been called not to just survive, but to thrive, and your word be true. We lift up sea spray right now. He's a believer. He's a follower, but he's discouraged. A marriage that isn't going to go the distance. His physical body, his mental mind, his emotions. God, serving others. At this point, we ask you to show up in a miraculous way and use Hunter and the other team at Mighty Oaks to encourage sea spray. We love you. We need you. And God, more than ever, use us in a way that at the end of the day, the only explanation is, look what God has done. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Peace. Thank you. Being together in this space today is really good. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I'd like to invite you today to start following Jesus. It's not about your behavior. It's not about your church attendance. It's about the reality that Jesus is for you. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Would you right now pray this prayer with me? Hey God, it's me. I've sinned and I know it. And I can't fix me. But today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. I believe that you died on that cross for me and that you were buried for three days and then you became alive again. And I invite you into my life to guide me and direct me all the rest of the days of my life. And with that prayer, my friend, welcome to God's family. I'd like to continue our friendship. If you would email me, pastor at hopeinocala.com. I'll follow up with you and together we'll celebrate Jesus in your life. Peace.